Welcome to episode 40 of the UK Sports Chat podcast. My guests today are Nina Davis and Ed Baldry from Birds.run, which is a new EQAI coaching platform which works with everyday life and is built around you. There's no doubt that as technology has progressed and it advances, it plays more of a role in all aspects of our lives. Uh, this was a very intriguing chat about bird. I hope you enjoy listening to how artificial intelligence and a more human emotional understanding are being built into the bird coaching platform. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, feel free to message UK Run Chat or Bird via our social channels. You can also email uh, us on info at ukrunchat.co.uk. In the meantime, have a great rest of your week and see you on the next episode. Welcome, Nina and Ed. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Thanks for having us. <laughs> Brilliant. And thank you for supporting UK Run Chat. Thanks for sponsoring the hour last night. How did you find it? It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, some really lovely, um, amusing um unexpected responses which is exactly what we were hoping yeah great fun thank you good good well um it'd be great if you could both just give us an introduction to yourselves please before we before we dig in and, and speak about about bird.run if you ed would you like to go first sure um i um introduction to myself i'm a designer as uh, my professional background i'm from london in terms of geographical background uh, i now live in north italy uh via bristol which was how nina and i met um i got into running if we all want the running story um uh when i was quite um i got quite large uh, after university slightly embarrassed to say uh i well i stopped weighing myself after 20 stone because i didn't really want the bad news to keep coming in um and my girlfriend at the time dragged me down to the gym and sort of told me to sort myself out which uh I didn't really do because I just sort of saw the calories on the treadmill and then we go out buy the chocolate after that um but slowly but surely something did click with running uh it's a uh and I sort of found that it became part of my day-to-day life and that was that was where it changed when it stopped being a sort of um transactional event you know uh yeah. i needed to be compensated for going out running by other things um but I actually started to enjoy it and i started to become quite a bit faster at it um so i guess in 2019 at berlin i ran a 238 marathon which still seems a bit mental considering that i couldn't run really for you know that joke of not being able to run for the bus i was yeah. that guy um so so yes yeah, so did, did, did all right with that um and I, I suppose bird was i mean i guess we might get onto it later but bird was sort of born out of my experience of all of the research and uh work i did around the training and coaching related to yeah getting myself from that point of being you know really severely overweight through to getting a championship time for london marathon and then going and running even faster than that in berlin yeah amazing that's a Amazing achievement. And um, whereabouts in Italy are you? So uh, I'm in a small town called Cuneo, which is about an hour south of Turin. Uh, so okay. the the Alps kind of do a curve curve round to the sea, and we're in we're in the curved bit. 
Um, yeah. It's lovely. The maritime Alps here. Um, there's some beautiful nature and some beautiful trail running. Um, so very lucky. Very nice. Yeah, I remember a school trip to just outside of Turin when I was 16 for a skiing skiing nice. week. Yeah, very nice. nice. Very nice. Yeah. Good skiing here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our team meetings are just a tease now, Joe. See the kind of backdrop of the mountains behind Ed's head. I bet. <laughs> Nina, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Hi, hi, Joe. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm Nina. Um, my background actually also was in design, um, but more in kind of brand and graphic design. I was a, a, a brand strategist and... Um, founded my own branding agency 12 or so years ago, which I am, um, I exited. And um, one of the things I did when I had a bit of time after that was lean back into my passion for running. And, and um, that was where I met Ed in Bristol, as, as he alluded to. But um, yeah, I guess my background for running, I mean, running, running for me has been something I have always been into, to be honest. My dad was a marathon runner and I kind of grew up around that whole that whole time and um but it was always something that was very kind of in and out of my life and very kind of yo-yoing I was one of these people that would kind of like hit a kind of marathon training plan super hard and kind of like crash you know crash and burn and then kind of like not do anything for, for months and, and then do another one it was always yeah. it was always a means to an end to it to a competitive to a kind of competitive result I guess and you know that coincided with I was growing up not being not finding ways to manage my mental health particularly well and culminated in losing my hair to alopecia when I was in my 20s and really making me have a kind of wake up to really rethink about how um, how I could look after myself better really and I guess over the years through working with a, with a coach and embracing a, a different approach to running and similar to Ed that kind of approach where it actually becomes a much more positive celebration of the journey of running rather than always thinking about that end point and bringing on anxiety about kind of have I done enough to reach that goal and um, and you know not blindly following a kind of meaningless process but just really understanding how it can be a cornerstone of your health and well-being which you know I'm now lucky enough to have found that really you know love healthy happy relationship with my running and it's um it's a, it's an absolute pleasure and that's that's what draws me to Bird, really, is to kind of, you know, is the approach that Bird is taking in a, in a similar way, um, which we'll talk about later. But, you know, being able to yeah. bring some of that of my personal experience into that is, is very exciting. Yeah. That, um, thank you both. It's that, That's really great for me and for everyone listening to understand that, you know, the, so those journeys that you both described there. So, and I'm sure that that passion that took you through those journeys has been now channeled into bird as well so should we should we talk about bird what, what tell us what, exactly what it is i know we had an intro on the hour last night but let's um if one of you'd like to introduce us what what is bird.run nina do you want to take that <laughs> i'll take that yeah i'll take that because i alluded to it then i guess it's um bird bird is a it, it's a coaching it's a coaching platform um its first manifestation will be as a kind of personalized coaching product and an app um, but what is unique about it is the approach that we've both um, both talked about in our experiences is is not being built as a um, 
as a one size fits all plan that's based on hitting a certain a, a goal and is goal orientated and all about performance. It's actually a coaching mindset that helps you understand um, the progress of running and how that can and, and celebrate the small milestones along the way to ensure that it can fit in with your life. Um, and we've talked to hundreds of runners over the last year um, and know that so many people might start with good intentions and a, and a um, uh, an exciting goal in mind. Um, they might work to they might work to a plan to try and hit that. But then what happens so often is life gets in the way. The plan doesn't understand their life and their complexities, doesn't adapt with them, and they fall off at that plan and don't really know how to get back on it. Um, yeah, and, and it can be a very demotivating and very very destructive uh, process. Um, so Bird is designed to. Um, to adapt and be specifically built from the ground up for you, for everyday types of runners, understanding that um, life changes and it adapts. We talk about, um, you might have seen a kind of bit like the Google Maps of, of running. So, you know, you, you kind of want to get from, it, from A to B, wherever that might be, and it's not necessarily yeah. a race goal. Um, but there's not only one way to get there. And we all want to be able to kind of maybe take that detour every now and again, but know that we're still on track. Yeah. So often you, we see online, so you, you, it's good you say that, we'll see people who are following a plan and they're, they're that, um, they are, they're so into this plan that they must, that they must stick to it, that they might miss a day because life gets in the way. And then the next day they, they might double up or they might try and do, you know, catch up effectively, which, you know, we, we all know that's, um, well, it's going to lead to injury. It's too much. You need to adapt as as you're going for through these um, training plans, don't you, or through a journey towards a specific goal. Okay, so, so go on. Sorry. No, no. It's also recognizing that running's not always the most important thing in our lives, right? I mean, running is a super important bit of our life. But I remember one of our beta users um, saying that uh, I can't remember what they said now, but they said they'd had to not go out and see their friends because Bird had told them to do something. I was like, please, right. but you know, uh, <laughs> don't, don't do that ever again. You know, like going out with your mates is far more important than not missing a run kind of thing. The whole point of why we're building something like Bird is so that it does get built up, built from the ground up for you as an individual responding to your actual everyday life and your everyday life involves socializing or kids or going to work and all those sorts of things and uh, running should be working around that and and birds facilitating that relationship so you you can keep your running habit going but not at the detriment of all other things we're not you know we're not pro athletes where running has to take the you know the top point in our lives okay so so let's go into a bit more detail about what it is exactly then so i I, so looking on your website i've seen that it, it talks about an aq sorry an eq ai coach tell us more about about the product then please i guess i i can i can oh (laughs) nina that's good i was just going to introduce maybe eqai and then maybe you can talk a little bit more about the ai part of it ed as you you will do that better than me go for Um, it um, i mean we talk about eqai is the so eq being the emotional intelligence and ai being the artificial intelligence and all the data joe so it's the, the power is in the combination of, of those things. And I think we heard again through talking to, to runners this year is, um, 
you know, data is on on the rise all around us here. Yeah, we've all kind of plugged into our devices that give us so much data every, every day and quantified self. And um, but the, but the real richness comes in then actually what does that data mean and giving that data some human meaning. You no, know, we're just we're we all know kind of we're, we all, and and um, looking at that data through the eyes of kind of emotional intelligence that what we bring to it through our intuition, our feelings, that real coaching coaching mindset, um, rather than just kind of data crunching. And you know we all know that coaching mindset is about asking questions and and listening and understanding people and and working in that framework that still gives you space for growth rather than being just rigid data and and, and stats. And that's, that's what we mean by the EQAI. It's, it's recognizing the holistic uh, benefits and journey of running. Mm -hmm. And just for anyone listening who hasn't come across EQ before, so that's um, it. IQ is the, is the acronym that everybody knows, isn't it? But EQ is your emotional quotient. And I seem to remember back in a corporate day, being on a, a training day, and somebody was talking about your PQ, your political quotient as well, which is um, <laughs> which is an, in, an interesting one. But, yeah. So, um, so that, EQ is, exactly the, right. is the. It's so the, it's EQ the, is the emotion is the emotional tide. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Yeah, emotional quotient is exactly as you say what it what it stands for. But we more commonly think of it as our kind of emotional emotional intelligence, our, our human intuition. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Ed, would you like to touch on the AI part? Yeah, I mean, I, Nina's actually covered it pretty well. But from an from an AI perspective, we're using uh, just over one billion variables uh, to crunch many many numbers um i guess to, to nina's point the reason you need the human intuition and the human intelligence involved in it is computers are exceptionally good at making very fast calculations but if you put junk in you'll get junk out the other side you'll just get it done really quickly mm -hmm. and so what we've worked really hard on over this past year and we've done lots of testing and there's been lots of failures and lots of frustration at computers doing things that we as runners consider dumb um, is refining those algorithms, refining that artificial, artificial intelligence. So it does things that are correct from the perspective of a human, which can sometimes counterintuitively not be what a computer would necessarily expect the right answer to be. So that's been one of our big challenges is how do you make uh, the machine understand the world in which we as humans live, mm -hmm. um, which is, has been an interesting challenge and a lot more complex than I think we initially anticipated. I think it's fair to say we underestimated the complexity of using probabilistic models or essentially trying to make predictions about uh, the future state of an individual or the future state of a coaching plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. We underestimated just how many hundreds of thousands, millions of, of variants there could be once you, you know, start getting quite a long way into the future. Yeah, because that, that, that was one of my questions from looking at some of the stuff on the website, actually, is how, how does technology show empathy and understanding? Hmm. Yeah, it's a really, I mean, it's a really good question. Um, I suppose the quick answer is that technology doesn't, right? Um, technology, well, technology is not neutral because humans build it, so it can't be neutral because humans aren't neutral. 
Um, but technology has no concept of morals or of you know emotions in the way that humans do. And so part of what we've had to do is to train uh, the artificial intelligence to recognize um, signs or patterns uh, or indications that something might be up with the runner or the individual to then yeah. be able to ask them questions to get user feedback to try and give that sense of empathy to the user around you know either saying actually you need to you need to you know slow down in terms of your training at the moment or actually you've probably got you know you're just not being as confident as you could be in where you could push yourself moving forward so that's that it's that attempt is as humans we would you know, rein someone back in or push them forwards, depending on where they are and they're in their stage of the journey. I I, I remember a story. Was it? I think it was Facebook. Did they have some AI and they had to switch it off because they they was talking to each other and they how they'd programmed it. They didn't understand it because it had become more efficient. It, it, yeah. it changed the language and it had become more efficient and that to switch it off. Yeah, it was it was Microsoft, I think. Yeah, no, there's been some um, there's been some horror stories of uh yeah, I mean especially with natural language generation, which we which we do have within the product. Yeah. Um natural language generation is scary because you essentially are training it on the problem that Microsoft had was they were training it on real world conversations on the internet. As we can all imagine there are some fairly unsavory conversations happening on the internet and if you don't go in as a human say actually that that conversation about glorifying really awful politics there that probably you don't don't learn to say that so you know it's like when you yeah. bring up kids say, tell them not to swear and um, yeah. <laughs> so, um <laughs> we have actually had um i mean not nearly as bad as the uh, Microsoft example, but uh, it did seem in the early days that Bird was very obsessed with morning coffees. Felt like any run you went on in the morning, you got. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's, it's, good, it's good that you had your morning coffee before that run. Or oh, make sure you go and have your morning coffee. It's you know, it's very strange. Um, strat. I'm not sure how it got so obsessed with morning coffees, but anyway, we've hopefully removed that now. Well. There's an argument to say that runners are obsessed with coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, Nina. Sorry. No, no, it's good. I was going to say we. It must have. It must have gives you a clue as to our kind of human intuition as the people behind it. It it talks about coffee all the time. Yeah. You touched on that. There's a a, over a billion inputs. So how much? Forgive my lack of programming vocabulary, but how much AI? programming is in this then so how many i mean how many hours have you had to work on this for example for it to be that that kind of level of input uh so that's an interesting question to frame it that way uh we've been working on bird now as a small team for so there's been five of us uh working on it for just over a year before that, there was probably a year's work of me trying to codify. I had a mad scientist spreadsheet that I was trying to make work for my own sort of training and some coaching I was doing for friends at the time. I don't know what that equates to in terms of actual like person hours going into the product a lot. Um, and uh, there's certainly a lot of lines of code though probably by this point we've deleted more lines of code than we've got in which is a good thing it means we're we're improving as it as it goes along um 
yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, there's been a lot, we've been on a journey with Bird as much as we have with our running. When we started Bird, I suppose I alluded to it earlier about the complexity of the future and how we'd underestimated that. We thought we could use just lots of rules. You say, okay, well, if someone's been for a speed run today, let them go do a recovery run tomorrow. Or if they've missed a run today, well, we can distribute minutes from this run you know, up to a certain point in the next two weeks worth of running or whatever it is. And actually, we realized pretty quickly when we had other runners who had no understanding of that whatsoever, uh, that the way that they would run, um, it was impossible for Bird to actually function taking that rules-based approach. Uh, And that's interesting because it's in terms of from an artificial intelligence perspective, that's the journey that AI has been on. If you go back to the mid 90s, very much it was rule based um, applications of, you you know, you would you would say this and then that would happen. And, you know, it's that if this, then that concept. And what's happened over the last 20 years is actually AI has become substantially more powerful because Uh, machines have been given uh, parameters or bounds to work within and then they're essentially allowed to go and get on with it you know you give them a uh, it's a a a series of probabilities for example that they will generate a certain set of criteria or things and they go off and do it and and we've gone from this rules-based world within bird to much more um uh, allowing the machine to get on with it within the parameters that we're setting as humans. And that is working much more efficiently. So I don't know whether that answers the question of how much AI is yeah, in there, but, but yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it does. Thank you. And it's, it, so what, and also what you're saying is compared to 20 years ago, then that the AI, in terms of being more powerful, it's, 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 so I, I went to a conference about 18 months ago and they, and they, and at this it was a technology conference and and they, they played a telephone call and it was an artificial intelligence piece of software ordering, ordering a takeaway. Um, mm-hmm. And the conversation was just seamless. You, you, mm-hmm. you, you'd never known. So it seemed it, from what you've just said there, it seems to have gone from something that's rule based to something that when I heard it in action, it was just like a, it was just nat- It was almost natural. It was like, a, well, it was, you could, I couldn't tell the difference when, when I heard this, this phone call, it was incredible. Was was that the that sounds like the Google um, uh, their uh, yeah their their software to be able to call people on behalf of users so that they could yeah, it was, make yeah exactly that kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and what's what's really interesting about it is that they made it sound natural by deliberately slowing it down and making it sound more human. Right. As humans, we have ums and we have pauses and, you know, we we stop to think about things and we're a bit hesitant. And that's exactly what computers aren't very good at. Sometimes they just, you know, go full steam ahead. And it's been interesting within Bird. There's a few occasions where we've tried to show how efficient the algorithms are. And so you you can do certain things in tens of milliseconds. And we've ended up having to slow it down because actually what we discovered was even for ourselves who are building the product, we didn't have confidence that it had done the correct thing because for a human, it would have taken, you know, the calculations would have taken 10, 20 minutes. And the idea that something could do that in 10 milliseconds felt laughable. So you, you had to deliberately say, 
pause for one second whilst I as a human get used to the idea that you've been able to do this thing. Yes. Wow. Just talking about the um the, the coaching side of it, and there was a question that you asked that was asked last night on on the hour around running to heart rate and running to feel. So how how much? I'm just again. I'm thinking about the size of this project. It's 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 amazing. How much of the, all that coaching and um, the EQ part of it, time and effort, and all the different outcomes have have gone into that? Yeah, we've spent um, a lot of time talking to a lot of people over the last year, um, and coaches actually being a really important part of those discussions. Um, I think. You know, one of the things that I guess as a team we were um, anxious of at the beginning in talking to coaches was being seen as almost a, a competition for them. You know, we didn't want to, we actually didn't want to feel like we we're kind of taking taking business away from them. And actually, through those conversations, we've realised how complementary bird can be to, to what to what they do. And a lot of coaches, by their own admission, sort of say to us that. Um, you know the number crunching bit of what they do, and and uh, it takes up so much of their time. And actually, the real value added stuff is the human element that they add on top. The 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 asking people how they feel, understanding their life, knowing that they've got a heavy work schedule that week or whatever it might be. And you know that's obviously the ultimate of uh, of that one to one human relationship that we're we're not going to to to, to be able to completely replace, but. You know, we know that their time is limited. We know that some people don't feel like they can access a personal coach, and they don't um, they don't feel like they have permission to have a personal coach. Some of them, you know, I'm not good enough for a coach. So, you know, our, our aspiration was to be able to bring some of that human element and, and make it more accessible. And you know, going back to your point around around heart rate, that's and running to feel. That's one of those elements that a, that a, a human coach will really help you understand how you should feel after each run, how you can judge whether that um, whether you were working hard enough or whether you weren't, what sort of runs you should be pushing your heart rate on and which ones you aren't, and how does that feel on different sorts of terrain. And um, and, and that's that's what we're going to be um, building in with Bird through the feedback and, and encouraging people to understand their um, rate of perceived effort rather than um, measuring heart rate and giving giving people prescribing people specific heart rate zones to run in is 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 less helpful than helping somebody understand how they can control and be accountable for their own feel in their run. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so if I'm, I know that you're due to launch. Is it is it September? Well, at autumn time. Yeah. If I'm, how how does it work? If when I sign up, if I went on the app, am I going to be? I'm imagining I'm going to get asked a series of questions. Am I by the by the app, or what? What's the kind of process that will go through, and uh, and ultimately what will I have in in front of me? Yeah, so there's there's a conversation that you go through with the with the product with the EQ AI coach. <clears throat> uh, there's a few levels to it, depending on what you as an individual want to share with the product. Because actually, one of the things we've realised is that people care about privacy and they care about uh, how much data they're sharing at any one time. And so we've worked hard to make sure that the product can coach somebody, even if they're only wanting to uh, share a reasonably limited amount of information with us. But ignoring that side of thing, that's just, you know, uh, bog standard normal um, person coming on, 
we will be asking for your running data. That's the most important thing for us. And we're looking for a few pieces of information around that. We're looking for um, how long you've been running, how consistently you've been running, uh, the sorts of amount that you've been running. So, you know, your weekly averages, those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, speed that you've been running. Uh, we'll be identifying races that people have done in terms of if they are interested in performance stuff uh, yeah. so that we can identify, okay, well, they've the fastest they've ever done a marathon is X and the slowest they've ever done it is Y, those sorts of pieces. Um, and we'll then be asking lots of attitudinal questions. So essentially how somebody wants to be coached, how somebody, you know, where they want to go in their journey. Nina talked about it being like Google Maps and how we we all have different destinations but there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of different ways that you can arrive at that destination. So understanding how that person would want to be coached is very important. Mm-hmm. And with all of those pieces, uh, you will then be given a coaching plan um, and you will be able to see uh, a few different levels of that plan. So you can see today, um, as in the next run that, that you're being suggested, or it, it could be a rest day, um, but, but assuming it's an, it's the next run. Um, and then there is, um, if you want to look to the future, there's a detailed view of the future for the next 14 days. Though, of course, with the um, explanation always to the user that that will change depending on, you know, what they do and it will respond to how they how they behave. Um, and then there's an overview going um, further forward towards uh, if they're aiming for a performance goal or if they're aiming for a specific event or um uh, a specific experience, then they'll see an overview up until that point. Because what we uh, discovered when we were talking to users was actually if we don't show someone how they can, uh, you know, the sort of the map, as it were, between now and the destination, yeah. there's a bit of a lack of trust because, I mean, again, a bit like Google, um, Google Maps, you, you know, the, the main thing is you're being shown the next junction, but you also want to be able to occasionally, you know, look at the entirety of the journey just to check it's not sending you somewhere completely daft and off track yes yeah very interesting so so if i if i was to put well i'm really tired i've been up all night with the kids and i've just had a terrible run would it would it update for the next day as well or would it just be beyond that 14 days is it is it kind of like an instant update yeah, no, it would, it would it would update instantly. So um, we and Nina alluded to it after each each run. There's there's certain questions that the coach will ask, and it will depend. You'll be asked different questions at different points in the training plan, or depending on uh, what the coach might have seen within the run. So if you ran more slowly than you expected, or it was a shorter run than expected, or you ran faster, or you ran further, those those sorts of things will throw up ever so slightly different questions. But we're interested in exactly that, right? Because, and it's part of the reason to be using perceived effort rather than heart rate, because heart rate can kind of hide a lot of things within it. You might actually have a reasonably low heart rate, but still feel really grim on your run. Mm -hmm. And asking the question about how someone felt, why they felt that way, and then asking them, well, what, you know, here are some options about what we can do about it, which sounds best for you. Um, is a combination of empowering them as an individual and making sure that the computer isn't going beyond the realms of what the computer should or could be doing, um, because it's it's very difficult for a machine. Ultimately, algorithms are are blind to the outside world, 
and it should be the individual themselves making the judgment about okay well actually I need I need the training right now to be tapered off slightly or actually no I'm, I'm fine it's just you know I was tired but I'll catch up by tomorrow kind of thing I find it fascinating technology and how fast it advances and that it can do these things. It's it's incredible. Um, where 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 do you see where do you see things in I don't know another five years or another ten years with with artificial intelligence or bird and 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 technology in this in the sports arena? It's such a difficult question to answer, isn't it? I mean, if you think about how far technology has moved to just in the last five years. Um, it seems, yeah, it seems like uh, uh, you'd have to be a fool to guess at what will happen in the next five, ten years. But I, I think, I think the piece that we believe in at Bird is that it will, you will have lots of devices talking to one another. One of the things that we have have deliberately done in terms of the infrastructure and the um, the foundations of the product is that the product will talk to any other system that wants to talk to Bird and will make sure that, that Bird can give information in the other direction if it's requested. Because what we can't do as a single company is produce all of the widgets and the gadgets and the accessories and sensors. And you never quite know where the new thing is going to come from. So at the moment, um, heart rate variability is a really interesting piece of technology, which, of course, you you know um, you get from Whoop or from Garmin or from, you know various yeah. other manufacturers. Um, that I am I have absolutely no doubt that there's currently research being done into other metrics to other um, devices to other sensors that will be uh, equally interesting for how people can train or how people can think about. They're running, and we want to make sure that we're able to integrate that within within Bird. So, you know, I don't know exactly where it's going to go, but I do know that there will be many, many more sensors and, and many different ways to measure more things about us as human beings in the coming decade. And we want to make sure that we're building a product that can integrate all of that learning, um, yeah, into into the product. There's been a real shift in, you know, over the last few years in in um, sports technology that's just very data driven into being more holistic and recognizing well being and experience within that same space, and and that obviously reflects our, um, you know, our, our our move in 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 health in general to to be more proactive in managing ourselves our, our health, and that's an exciting area, as as Ed said, that kind of combination of building in more emotional recognition into that process is very exciting in the future of health tech yeah i I think a lot of people runners of as much as they've missed events we've seen comments throughout you know since the beginning of lockdown of how much Mm -hmm. they appreciate running more holistically you know and, and the emotional part of it as as much as just having events to aim at and, uh, you know, and the social part of it's huge, but that, that whole holistic part it's, it's, it has been more prevalent than ever, hasn't it, this last 12, 18 months? We've heard a lot of people saying that actually that space to remember that running is a fun experience and it gives them freedom to 
have headspace and manage their thoughts and you know help manage anxieties and everything else going on is it has been a, lo- a lovely reminder and I think if we can try and help people retain some of that um, understanding and knowledge and augment the experience in in slightly more than just performance and PBs and race goals then that will be a really positive step forward. Yeah the interesting thing in terms of being reminded that you know running's more than racing is that it also helps I I suppose I talked about it at the beginning of the podcast about being able to realize that running wasn't just this transactional relationship and it was at that point when it became part of my day-to-day life when it became an actual habit that was counterintuitively that was when I got better at running Mm -hmm. and I, I think that's part of what we're trying to do at Bird as well we're not trying to say you know we're not saying we're anti competition or anti-competitive but actually if you if you want to be competitive yourself that's that's cool but the first bit to work on is the experience side of thing it's that it's just how important running is to your sense of self and giving a sense of purpose and control to to everyday life thank you both very much of um I've, I've learned a lot and I could keep talking, keep digging in about this. Um, I, I love well, well, I know that you've got a wait list. So if, if people want to, uh, are interested and, and they want to sign up for that, could you just tell us where they should go and what your um, social media handles are and all that good stuff so people can interact with you? So if they head to bird.run, um, so bird, B-Y-R-D dot run, I-U-N-D, uh, well, I-U-N even. I think everyone can spell run, but bird sometimes uh, trips people up. Um, and the waitlist button is is top of the top of the page there to um, to get themselves signed up. There's um, there's also the possibility to answer some additional questions to then join the beta list. Um, so we've we've talked about how we've been speaking to hundreds of runners over the past year, and we've learned invaluable things from having other people. Uh, running with bird and i have no doubt we will learn uh, huge amounts in the coming months from people running with bird as well so if you want to get earlier access to it than the launch uh, later in the autumn uh, answer the additional questions and you'll you'll get on the beta list and we'll be rolling it out through the summer to them wonderful nina ed thank you ever so much for coming on it's been great to chat thanks so much for having us thanks very much joe Enjoy the Thank UK. You. Thank you. Thank you both.